everyone. Jesus is alive and well. This is Glenn Raglan Educational and Transformational Ministries. Great Ministries. Welcome to this week's podcast. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We magnify you. We glorify your great name. We pray for our listeners. And we pray for the new listeners. We pray comfort for the Pope family and the loss of their youngest son. We also pray for my minister friend Carlton in the loss of his mother. We lift up my friend Katrina in prayer who was hospitalized last week. We pray the blood of Jesus over leukemia. We pray that your word will go forth. It will not return to you empty. It will accomplish what you sent it to do in the name of the Son of Man, Jesus Christ, amen. We continue our series on transformation, living the transformed life. And this week, I want to look at transformation and forgiveness. My friends, we have all been wronged by someone in our life, whether it be a spouse, a family member, a friend, or a co-worker. At the same time, we have wronged others. And most of all, we have sinned against God. So we have three scenarios, and we are all guilty of at least one. The transformed life seeks forgiveness for sin and asks for forgiveness from others who they offended, and they forget about those who have offended them. Now, you might think that you have forgiven those who have wronged you, but let's take a closer look at some of the offenses. Blame means to hold responsible to find fault with, and to place responsibility on. Folks, do you blame others for your problems? Has someone blamed you for their problems? Adam blamed God for giving him Eve, who supposedly made him sin. My brothers and sisters, a transformed life means accepting responsibility for your own actions as well as forgiving those who blame you for a problem of their own making. Those who live the transformed life do not blame others. Cruelty is the state of being cruel or the disposition or conduct of being cruel. My friends, there are some actions that are taken too far, and when they occur, they are difficult to forgive. Listen to what Jacob says about his own sons, Simeon and Levi, in Genesis chapter 49, verses 5 through 7. It says, Simeon and Levi are brothers. Instruments of cruelty are in their dwelling place. Let not my soul enter into their council. Let not my honor be united to their assembly. For their anger they slew a man, and in their self-will they hamstrung an ox. Cursed be their anger, for it is fierce and their wrath, for it is cruel. I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. My friends, why was Jacob so upset with his two sons as he prophesied what would happen to them in the future? Well, two men had defiled their sister Dinah, and Simeon and Levi went to the village where the two men lived and killed the two men and all the other men in the village. My brothers and sisters in Christ, 
If you are the victim of cruelty, it is difficult to forgive. Just remember, while Jesus was being crucified, which is one of the cruelest forms of capital punishment, he asked his father to forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. The transformed life is not cruel. Revenge means to exact punishment for a wrong, especially in a resentful or vindictive spirit. You could say that Simeon and Levi took cruel revenge on the two men who defiled their sister. The Bible is very clear on the subject of revenge. One of the moral laws found in Leviticus chapter 19 verse 18 says, You shall not take vengeance nor bear any grudge against the children of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. My comrades for Christ, that sounds pretty straightforward, yet people plot and scheme to get back at those who have offended them. Proverbs chapter 24 verse 29 teaches, Do not say, I will do to him just as he has done to me. I will render to the man according to his work. In Matthew chapter 5 verses 38 through 42, Jesus taught that mercy and grace were to be the hallmarks of Christians, not revenge. Paul teaches in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 15 that the desire for revenge is not compatible with the Christian life. It reads, See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good both for yourselves and for all. And finally, Romans chapter 12 verse 19 proclaims, Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Folks, if the Lord says that he will handle vengeance, why would you step into his lane? The transformed life does not allow for revenge. Avarice is the insatiable greed for riches, the miserly desire for gain, and the hoarding of wealth. Folks, when a person's whole being is tied to accumulating wealth by any and all means, and then refuses to spend any of that wealth on anyone or anything, that person is an avarice or a miser. Can anyone with such a spirit be forgiven? Most of these misers may not have read 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 7, for it says, For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain that we can carry nothing out. My friends, there is nothing wrong with the accumulation of wealth. It is what you do with that wealth that matters. Warren Buffett has pledged to give 99% of his wealth away at his death. His current net worth is $114 billion. The 1% that he is not giving away is worth $1.1 billion. I'm not saying that he has a transformed life. I'm saying that the transformed life seeks to help others with the wealth that has been accumulated. My friends, there are people who live only to scold and criticize. They are harsh in their chastisement, and the penalty for being on their wrong side is severe retribution. 
These people are not pleasant to be around, and eventually the wise person seeks to avoid them at all cost. Some will defend their actions as it's their personality, while others will blame the environment that they were raised in. When Mary brought the alabaster flask of fragrant oil to pour on Jesus in Mark chapter 14, verses 3 through 9, those who witnessed the event were indignant and criticized her for wasting the oil on Jesus. We learn that Judas was the main critic, along with some other unnamed disciples. And Jesus defended Mary for preparing his body for burial. Folks, a transformed person does not have a critical spirit. When someone holds a grudge, they bring anger and bitterness into the new relationship, and they become so wrapped up in the past wrong that the present cannot be enjoyed. A grudge is a past negative event that will harm your emotional, physical, and spiritual health. Holding a grudge comes with it depression, irritability, and anxiousness. When your spiritual health is compromised, it is difficult to see clearly what others can see plainly. And that is, holding this grudge is eating you alive. The transformed person does not hold a grudge. One of the most dangerous attitudes we can have is hard-heartedness. When someone closes their heart to the Word of God, to the saving power of Jesus, to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, or to the family of God, they should be careful that a closed heart does not turn into a hard heart. Hardening is a process whereby a person ceases to have a conscience about an evil action that is committed or a sinful attitude that has become part of a person's nature. Pride, hatred, and lust are sinful habits that can produce or compound the hardening conditioning. Hardness of the heart can eventually destroy one's sense of sin. Surprisingly, God and the individual can be agents of hardening. Pharaoh hardened his own heart in Exodus chapter 8, verse 15, and God hardened his heart in Exodus chapter 4, verse 21, and chapter 10, verse 1. God will harden whomever he wants and show mercy on whomever he wants, as written in Romans chapter 9, verse 18. And it says, Therefore he has mercy on whom he wills, and whom he wills he hardens. Folks, God allows us to harden our hearts even when his word warns us not to, and he still shows mercy. The transformed person heeds the warnings against a hard heart. You find that in Psalm 95 verse 8 and in Hebrews chapter 3 verse 8. My brothers and sisters, transformed lives are lived differently from others. It's not easier, it's not smoother, and it's not for everyone. But those who live transformed lives can forgive the wrongs of the past and the wrongs that may come in the future. Let's pray. Father, thank you for teaching us forgiveness. For you will not forgive us if we do not forgive others. We pray for transformed minds in the name of the King of glory, Jesus Christ. Amen. Will you give your life to Christ today? 
I continue to encourage you to find a good Bible teaching church, send your prayer request, your praise reports, and your comments to our email address, which is hello at greatministries.org. Please continue to pray for Great Ministries and share us with your friends, your family, your loved ones, and the unsaved. Stay safe, be blessed, and have a great week.